Welcome into the official. Really having a lot of fun with this G5 series. So last week, we talked about our favorite G5 recruits, uh, really digging down uh, deep into the ranking list and picking out guys who we think can be an asset in college fantasy side of your C2C leagues. As soon as year one, you know, but sometimes it might take a year or two, but these guys have high upside and most of the time going to good offenses. And you know, sometimes in the G5, there's just offense, everything, defense optional, which we love for fantasy. So this is going to be part two. Tonight, we're going to go into the uh, American or um, Conference USA, Mountain West, and Sun Belt. And there's quite a few guys that we really like to uh, to put on your fantasy benches and wait to see if they pop and can really offer some incredible upside down in those G5 ranks. So don't forget about the G5. This is the official. gentlemen we had such a fun time g5 part one we th thought we would just do it again uh just off the cuff what do you think conference usa mountain west or sunbelt who's your favorite group we're going to talk about tonight that's tough uh, i don't have the list in front of me <laughs> yeah I, well i think i have the most in the mountain west actually so that's funny because i thought nobody else general, has like anybody else in there. yeah in general, Mountain West, I think, was a little underrepresented. Uh, for the first week, we did AAC and the MAC. We had at least eight guys, I think, in each one. Uh, and then tonight, we've got Conference USA five, Mountain West three or four, and Sunbelt's quite a few. Um, I think Sunbelt makes a lot of sense because I've heard it referred to, and I think I agree with this, kind of the SEC junior, partly because of the footprint, and partly because of it, you know, they're they're getting, um, you know, guys who may be just on the borderline between SEC caliber and go to the Sun Belt. And there's some good football being played in the Sun Belt right now. I mean, it's actually very high quality G5 uh, um, competition. So without further ado, if you want to know a little bit more about how we are processed and what we think about these G5 players, you can go check out the first version of this, the G5 Part 1 that was last week. Go to the YouTube channel that you are watching on right now and check out G5 Part 1. We go a little bit more through our process, but tonight we're going to head right into the names. No pomp and circumstance before. And we're going to start off with a guy, I believe it, I'm going to give this one to Matt, although I think we're all a little bit interested. And that's Keith Willis uh, going to Louisiana Tech. And you can look, I picked a picture here. He is an absolute tank. Introduces us to Willis, uh, Matt. Yeah, he's about uh, six foot, two fifteen, so a very big running back. Uh, he's playing. He's plays on a really big Texas team, a top fifty team in the nation. Uh, he actually jumped from you know uh, from his junior season. He was uh, you know a top one thousand, not even top thousand team in Texas. Now a top fifty team in Texas, and he put up his best season of production yet, over fifteen hundred yards, thirty rushing touchdowns. Uh, his nickname's the Bulldozer, and uh, he definitely plays like this. You're about to see that right here. Oh. Just coming down on a linebacker, uh, you know, making him regret that one. And we clocked him at over 21 miles per hour, which is fantastic at this size. So I think he can really go on to be a 
pretty successful college producer at the least and maybe even you know be one of these guys that bounces up to p5 and has a shot at the nfl i love it and uh you saw there he he had like a 65 yarder on one shoe so you know you gotta love that dog in him that he's just gonna take it to the house shoes or no shoes um yeah and the picture originally i mean he, if you go google keith willis louisiana tech like all the pictures like, he just looks huge like he carries that weight. He looks like he's 230. You know, he just carries that weight. He's just really built, solid guy. And, you know, uh, Louisiana Tech, decent little offense there. Like, they don't really have a lot in the backfield. I agree with you. Could be year one where we start hearing the name Keith Willis. And um, maybe he winds up in P5. That's kind of the dream, right? So, sticking in Conference USA – uh david i don't think we have um any oh no we do have a video so i'm going to introduce jarvis hayes here headed to western kentucky we obviously love 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 that offense uh tell us about hayes as i roll the roll the tape here yeah so uh hayes plays in uh plays in georgia he plays five, against 5a competition so it's over a 30 um strength of schedule for max preps I think he's one of the better trackers, honestly, uh, certainly among the G5 players, but one of the better I've watched so far. You can see he's highly coordinated there, uh, you know, a leaping catch and still maintains speed. I like to see that. Um, just, you know, really productive. Um, it's, you know, certainly it's a system play. Obviously, we want guys from Western Kentucky. I think he's the best receiver they're getting in that class. It, I think it was Eric Singleton, but he got the P5 call up to Georgia Tech. Um, but, you know, so I think that kind of elevates our guy Jervis Hayes a little bit. I love it. And, you know, if I'm going to start digging around in the three stars, I go first, I go to Florida, especially wide receivers. First, I go to Florida, then I go to Texas, and then I go to Georgia and Louisiana. You know, I think that is the area that you can find these three star guys that really, you know, can play above their their ranking. So love to see it. Great pick there. And we had a guy last year, KD. KD something, can't Hutchinson. remember his name. KD Hutchinson, who, uh, you know, went all the way up to National Signing Day without really knowing where he's going to go. He wound up in Western Kentucky. So maybe the Hayes Hutchinson combo in the next few years really pays dividends for us. Um, so then I'm going to introduce, uh, let's see, we got Cameron Lacey. So this is a dude I like quite a bit, headed to Middle Tennessee State. And so you can see he's kind of a smaller guy, 5'9, 155. And um, otherwise fairly buried, you know, on any lists or anything like that. I was just running down, looking at guys, giving a, a sneak peek for myself, for anyone in, going to the G5. And Lazy really popped uh, on tape. Smaller guy, but obviously, you know, if they're really small, that means they're probably going to be really fast if they're going to get an FBS look. And he does not disappoint from that perspective. Here he is fielding a punt. Um, and uh, just really shows off some electricity there. Very shifty. You can see he's making a couple quick moves, eludes a guy, and then, you know, even now still, as he gets closer to the end zone, still making quick moves. I mean, his, his movement in space is really impressive, uh, which is going to be the only way a guy of that size is probably going to survive at the FBS level. But, you know, I really like him because he's going to an offense that actually threw the ball quite a bit last year. And, um, you know, the offense in Middle Tennessee State is not that bad. And, and really anybody in the G5 who can be as this explosive, run away from guys, has a chance to contribute right away. I bet he already has a skill set they don't really have at Middle Tennessee State. And in addition, 
you know, from a production standpoint, I believe he had over 50% uh, of his high school, you know, production, at least as a senior. So, you know, even though he's a small guy, he was scooping up targets and making huge, huge plays for his high school. Again, I think he's a guy from the state of Georgia. So, I mean, that just is a very consistent theme. Guys we talked about last week too, uh, were either from Florida or Texas going to G5 schools that we really liked on tape. Um, Matt, let's bring it back to you. Tell us about uh, this guy going to FIU, Keon Jenkins. Yeah, so he's actually, uh, he went to Miami Central in Florida. Uh, he just won the state championship. He beat uh, American Heritage, and he actually watched that game. He looked very clean throughout it. Uh, didn't really struggle much with them, honestly. Uh, lefty, as you can see here, he has really high uh, VO, velocity over expected. I believe the eighth best in the class uh, at over eight. Um, I don't love the spot, unfortunately. Um, he was committed to Auburn for a bit, but then flipped back to FIU. Um, once they got uh, Hugh Friesen, I guess they didn't want to keep him around. And uh, I, I definitely think he has the talent to be playing P5. He's a bit small, a bit leaner. But uh, I don't love the FIU offense. They were not great this year. And uh, I don't anticipate them being great. So I'm hoping they can at least you know, bring in a new staff or maybe he transfers somewhere else. But he's definitely a player I like. I just don't know how uh, promising his CFF chops are at the moment. Yeah, I think that checks out. I mean, FIU, they kind of were a little plucky in the second half last year. I mean, I could say they were like, they were covering spreads at least. <laughs> they were, um, they they beat, they had one decent win. Uh, they beat somebody. Uh, and then Tyrese Chambers was pretty good there, even from a college fantasy perspective. Their tight end who transferred to Auburn was pretty interesting. So, you know, anywhere in the state of Florida, with FIU, FAU, we talked about a guy last year going to FAU. I mean, these schools do get diamonds in the rough. And so I, I definitely think it's worth looking at. And, and uh, powerhouse school in Miami uh, with a big arm, like you mentioned, a uh, high VOE that's velocity over expected is always nice to bet on. I think that's pretty sweet. We got another guy here. Um, I'll be honest. I don't have a ton to say about him, but Connor Kenyon is a quarterback headed to Sam Houston State who will be playing in the CUSA next year, moving up from FCS to FBS. So this is, you know, kind of the um, the lowest, you know, the just the deepest we're going to go is like a brand new FCS school. But as we saw James Madison do last year, that does not mean they can't be productive and helpful from the college fantasies that they're going to be on the they're going to be on the field. They're going to be racking up points. Kenyon's a true freshman quarterback. I don't think he's going to start or anything right away. I just looked at him. I like I thought he had a, a pretty live arm and kind of an interesting looking dude. So just a name to file away. I wouldn't advocate, you know, actually drafting him in any any sort of format. Um, am I missing anyone from Conference USA? I think that covers who we have, Matt, uh, David, anybody else? Okay. Nope, I think it. we're good. Looks good. Let's move on to the Mountain West, who Matt's, Matt really likes Mountain West. Um, and we're going to start with a, with a guy Matt has been talking about for a long time. He was listed as an athlete. We didn't know what he was going to do. We assumed receiver. But now it looks like he's going to play running back, and I will let Matt talk more about it, but that might be more interesting than the receiver. This is Justin Marshall headed to Colorado State. Yeah, like Alfred said, we've been on the Marshall train for a while now. He's you know, probably one of the first episodes about this class where we probably talked about him. He's six foot 190 or 5'10", 190, uh, now listed running back for Colorado State, which makes it much more interesting because he was really just a yak receiver to begin with. Uh, he plays very physical at his size, very fast, you know, just under 22 miles per hour. 
uh, and add the receiving chops on top of it. You know, he should pan out as a pretty interesting running back prospect at the least. You can see him here. He moved well laterally, amazing mm-hmm. contact balance as size. Uh, and yeah, I just, I think it's just a really fun profile. There's not much to not like here. Yeah. And remind me, Matt, didn't, I know you were excited about him, uh, because he was this multi, multi versatile weapon and you can see he was lined up wide outside. He's like winning against DBs as a, as an X wide out there, but didn't he have like incredible inefficiency or something like that? Like we looked at him and there was some huge problem from the wide receiver perspective, but if he goes to a running back and he has even kind of receiving ability, that's actually really fun, like you said. I mean, statistically, I don't think there's any inefficiency. He was actually one of the you know highest producing wide receivers in my model. Okay. So, I mean, you could you know there's just a lot of gripes as to his actual wide receiver play. You know, he mm. didn't really do much other than you know get the ball in short situations and just take it from there. All right. Well, that sounds good. I, I do like the fit at running back. Um, David, Stefan Daly's a guy for you, also headed to Colorado State. And we were talking off air before we jumped on here. We kind of like that offense towards the end of the season. It was an offense that we thought could be really productive, especially from the quarterback and wide receiver. Took him a couple of weeks to get going. But what do you think Stefan Daly brings to that room? And um, why are you excited about him? I think Colorado State just does a good job identifying guys in general. Um, I think he came across my radar when I was looking through some, uh, I guess it's real analytics now, that he was really high on their um, athlete score, which, you know, how much do we care about that for receivers? I think I care about it more for the G5. I feel like these, some of these receivers can get away without athleting, uh, you know, inferior defensive backs. So um, he's a guy that has a 6'8 high jump. Um that's just, I think that was his first time ever doing the high jump event. Um, yeah. Can I buy him real quick? I, I looked up Quinn Johnston, six foot eight high jump as a junior as well. So pretty. So we're pretty, talking about that, that level of yeah. that level of freak athlete. Yep. Yeah. So super explosive. You know, he's gonna win. He's gonna win in the air really easily. I feel like in the G five. And you know, obviously, I do factor in the Colorado State track record. So that you know, that's kind of kind of what we're looking at. He's really long too. Yeah, six foot four listed at least on twenty four seven and one seventy five. So that long, you know, can he pack on some pounds? And I agree with you. I think it's a really astute observation that you know I've I've been a big mocker maybe of people who obsess over like the measurements in the combine when you're talking about college to NFL uh, because at the highest level I think you need a lot more than athleticism. But at, I agree with you. The lower you go, we know guys can just out athleticize people and i think the g5 is, is an interesting um you know thing that we're worried about the college fantasy side for a lot of these guys not necessarily a debbie asset or an nfl potential but you can definitely do that uh in the mountain west for example so good pick up there and then i will bring to light Caden dawson six foot four 232 tight end headed to boise state uh you know just a good g5 program uh they identify talent they bring in guys pretty frequently and he's got the height already he's got he's you know pretty big at 235 already listed and then his frame looks like he can easily add some pounds i mean i think he'd get to 250 without too much of a problem and he just moves well i mean at this point in the evaluation i'm really just looking for like athletic bigger guys at tight end and sometimes they look very Frankenstein lumbering out there. And when they show a little twitch and fluidity of the hips and things like that, and of course 
you're looking to see if they can dunk a basketball, of course, uh, here at the official. That's one of our big metrics. Um, and Dawson kind of brings all that together. So he was just a guy that I just thought was interesting. And uh, of course, going to a good quality P5 program that's known to like develop guys, you know, with even some NFL, a hint of NFL potential uh, more than some of these other schools as well. I think we ran through the Mountain West real quick. I don't know if I missed anybody. Is there uh, another you did, video? You missed, you missed one. There's, there's no more videos, but there is okay. one more flyer going to Hawaii. Oh, of oh, course. Wait, I, oh, I have wait, an intro here. Yeah. I do have oh, an yeah. intro graphic. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Eddie Osai Nikita. Um, you can see here in the graphic, he is a track athlete. We don't even have mm. a football picture. Matt, introduce us to this guy. Yeah, so he actually has the 100-meter record in New Zealand uh, at 10.08, which is incredibly, incredibly fast, especially with how big of a person he is, 6'5", 2'10". I've seen him listed between 6'3", and 2'15", around there. And uh, he's getting listed between wide receiver and running back right now. He has some rugby experience, but uh, zero football, obviously. He's 21 years old. So um, (laughs) there's a ton, a ton of projection it's a very fun player. Uh, you know, he's he's still doing this track season, so he's not even going to be there for spring football. You're not going to hear anything about him until mm. the season starts, where I assume he's not going to play it down this year. But um, you know, it's just a very interesting project player to look out for. If you're the type of guy that's going to draft like a Nicholas Harbor, I mean, this guy is every biz athlete is him. He has faster track times than Harbor does. Granted, he's three years older, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, still incredible size, incredible athletic ability. Um, and we, you know, I think, you know, as time goes along, we're going to see more and more of these international prospects start to hit. I mean, Jordan Melotta is kind of the uh, the crown example right now in the NFL for the Eagles, uh, left tackle. But, uh, you know, just, just a shot in the dark. Maybe I'll draft him in the last round. I would never advocate drafting him anything earlier than that. Just a <laughs> no. I mean, to be honest, for unless three they, years, unless but. they listen to the official on a regular basis, your league mates will not know who this is at all. So no worries, anyone's going to snipe you on on this guy. No, he's definitely not a guy I'm reaching for in the slightest. No. no, um, I mean, but it's fun, right? This is fun, and we're doing a G5 show. This is what it's all about. Wanted to throw that name out there. Specifically, created the graphic so you could take a look at him. He he looks huge. Uh, he looks 21 as well. I mean, he looks older. Like he just looks, does not look like a teenage high school player. Um, who knows? I mean, it's Hawaii. Like there's, uh, he can play. He can play year one. I don't know. Maybe they'll put him back there and return kicks or something. I mean, it's, it's Hawaii. I'd, they I'd let him play running back. Room. I'd, let, I'd just let him throw play. him out there. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's freaking Hawaii. Like, I don't know. You just never know. Pretty interesting, but he's huge and fast. And that, those mm. are two really good things when you're just like betting blindly on, on a guy. Um, all right. So that's pretty much the mountain West though. Um, definitely I would say the, the shortest list of any of these G5 conferences, which is weird. Cause I think, you know, there's some good, good football in the mountain West, but just at least from a skill positions that we focus on here at fantasy, uh, you know, for fantasy purposes, not that many Arkansas state might have the most players of any one team here uh, moving to the Sun Belt. We've got four names in Arkansas State. I've actually uh, got another is, one I'd I even five names you didn't even put on the sheet. All right. Well, well we I got just I just kind of want to address the I mean we each have our favorites here, but I think we should we owe the viewers to at least inform them about all these other guys they're bringing because they Yeah, I mean Arkansas State, man, Red Wolves look <clears> out. Um 
Let, I mean, let's go with you first, Matt. I'm going to throw Clyde Curry to you, and then let's go right into Tenel Bryant, who we talked about recently, or no, was on a graphic that we put out from our recruiting account. Um, so, David, you take Bryant, but first, Matt, give me give me some info here on on uh, Clyde Curry. Yeah, he's a, a pretty small high school guy. I think he's out of Alabama, but he's six foot three, uh, 175 pounds, uh, verified 10, 6, 500 meter time. So very, very fast, very long. And that's kind of why I'm banking on him out of any of these other Arkansas State wires here because at least he has the size. Uh, a very common theme you're going to see here is all these guys are very small and very, very fast. Um, and so though, at least he has one trait that will make him stand out. He can go up and get the ball. He's longer. Um, and, you know, maybe a P5 team will want to pluck him up a little bit more than these little guys. Makes sense. David Tennell Bryant? His nickname is Young Cheetah. So he's uh, when we did the freaks list, he he popped for I think Matt got him at twenty two point seven miles per hour. He's the fastest guy in the class. I mean that's wow. The just the gist of it right there. He's a smaller guy, like that's why he's going to G five. I think he's like five ten, one sixty, one sixty five, somewhere in there. Um, his production's okay. He's out of Ohio, so maybe I don't know. Maybe he's overlooked a little bit because he's in you know the Midwest. I don't know that happens. But um, he's just a, a, an interesting, fast guy to look out for. I actually prefer Clyde Curry, so I'm not going to overly pump this guy up just because I think he might be the second best receiver in that class. But he's just an interesting guy that can – he's a big playmaker to, to watch. All right, and then moving to DeAndre Burns. I don't know who wrote that name down, but um, Matt, yeah. if it was you, take him and add the, add the fifth name, and then I'll, I'll give mine from Arkansas State. This is like turned into an Arkansas State show. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the same things you heard from uh, Tennell. I mean, we don't have a verifi- verified mile-per-hour time on him, but, I mean, you could watch the tape. He's very fast, about 5'10", 170, I'd say. I don't have his exact numbers down. But he was a super, super productive RC, or one of the highest production scores in this class for me. So that trade alone, you know, definitely pops out. A higher production score than any of these other guys are getting in this class. And then they're also getting in another – running back slash wide receiver and uh, Chauncey Cobb. I believe he's the lowest rated out of these guys. Maybe Tennell might be uh, lower rated. I believe he's only like 5'6 or 5'7, maybe 150 pounds. He looks real, real tiny on film, but he looks very similar to the the guy Alfred's about to show here up next as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, another smallish guy. Uh, let me find his uh... – Cedric Hawkins, listed 5'9", 175. You know, so for like a third down back, a guy who's going to be change of pace probably heading into college, it's not so bad. Um, you know, maybe it's even underestimating, but he looks smallish when you watch the tape. We'll turn that on here in a minute. But so, so electric. Again, this is a common theme when you're digging down into the G5. Size is what's going to prohibit a lot of these guys from getting the big offers. Um, but we know with like Keaton Mitchell, I mean, if you're fast and you can, you know, have good instincts, you can be, you can really rise. So we got Hawkins here. He's taking some stuff in the background there, cutting it outside. I mean, that juke right there was really something else. I mean, one, two, three, and just evading guys, guys not able to touch him. I mean, if you're 175 pounds, it may not matter if no one can touch you. Uh, and he seems, seems to have that jitterbug juke uh, multiple types of jukes in his repertoire and then here you got him you know kind of catching a little bubble screen um and really just 
I mean, amazing stuff, utilizing a spin move there, breaking a tackle. Um, he's just one of those guys that it is more than just straight line speed. I mean, he's very fast, but he's shifty and he moves and side to side agility. Really like him. Uh, and a place like Arkansas State, I mean, he could really do something uh, for the college side of fantasy for sure. Oh man, I'm I'm tired. I'm out of breath with Arkansas State. That's yeah, all, a lot of fun a guys, though. I'm I'm excited to see who's going to pop off. I really don't even have a solid bet on which one, but names to look for at least. Yeah, and I think we touched on this in the first you know version of this show, but like these are names to remember. If you you know even if you're box score hunting on a Sunday after the Saturday games, and you see a guy, one of these guys we're talking about, and maybe they got ten touches or seven receptions. You know, that should be something where most of your league mates maybe haven't even heard the name before. You've heard it before. You heard us talk about him. You can be the first to the waiver wire. I don't think these guys are draftable in most formats, but certainly there's there's benefit to having a nice little Rolodex of the high priority waiver names. So you are first in line and not waiting till everybody knows the name. So things like that. That's kind of what this show, I think, is for. Um Let's see. I just talked a lot. David, give us your uh, thing on this guy, Max Moss, headed to James Madison, who really took the FBS by storm. First season in FBS, they were like ranked. I don't know. They were 8-0, They were ranked top 25. Kind of fell off after that, but certainly an offense that's worth monitoring. Yeah, he popped really hard in Matt's production model. Um and from an athlete perspective, he is – I noticed that his power profile – it's something I usually don't really look at um, too much with receivers, but I noticed that, like, when guys try to tackle him high or, you know, just arm tackles, he was barely affected. Uh, he's also a really good hands catcher. Every, I mean, not every time, but most times he'll he'll catch with hands away from – out of his frame. Uh He's very, yeah, so he's very productive. Uh, good after the catch. He actually, he's got a longer stride, but he does get to 21 miles per hour. Um, so he's just a good athlete overall. And uh, I think this is the play. This play stood out to me. Um, his hands here and just how easy he plucks it and maintains speed and just made it look kind of effortless. Um, as far as James Madison goes, like, they don't, I don't know if they pass a ton, um, but he definitely, he's physically ready to, you know, contribute right away. And he could be a wide receiver one down the line. Yeah, I think that's all. I mean, I can't disagree with you. And I agree, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast, that's great. But we do have clips of these guys. And, um, you know, if you get a chance, watch the YouTube, because I think seeing these guys in action more than hearing about them is actually really beneficial. But you know, Moss, like you mentioned, those are great examples of hands catching. If you hear people talk about he's a hands catcher, that is what we're talking about. You saw a few, but the one that really stood out to me was more of the slant where you could see it from the back camera angle on the slant. He's reaching out in front of him and catching with his hands. You see so many people, especially on a, on a, on a play like a slant, they kind of catch it into their bicep and forearm and like tuck it, but he catches it out in front and then tucks it. And the subtle difference, but that's more of a sure way to grab less chance of the DB getting their hand in and things. And when the margins of the game get smaller, that makes a difference to, for a completion or an incompletion. Um, 
so that's a great, great example. Great nuance there, David, to pick that out for sure. Um, I'm going to let you keep going because we got Anthony Eager. And I think um, Matt has less guys in, in this group than he did, you know, Matt. Only West, one left. Yeah. So tell us about Anthony Eager headed to South Alabama. So Eager, this is kind of a rare thing where you get a six foot one guy that's super fast headed to the G5. Um, I So I couldn't get him out per hour on him. Usually that's for two reasons. One, either he's slow or he's really bad with the ball in his hands. <laughs> and so like he's not very good with the ball in his hands. I'm not going to lie, but he does win vertically. You can see right there. That's I had that same issue with like Chris Olave because he was so bad with the ball in his hands. I couldn't get a mile per hour on him, but like he's definitely fast. And so um, over the winter, he ran a 6.83.60 meter, which is um, really, really, that's really fast. Um, some of the compare, I just, some guys around that same area is like Darius Hayward Bay, um, like Warwick Dunn's around there, Champ Bailey. I don't know. I just, those are some guys that ran around a 6.83. So you it's just uh, he needs to get stronger. Um, maybe he's one of these guys that, you know, when he stops doing track and starts hitting the weights, he puts on good muscle and, and gets better after the catch. But it's just you don't really usually see a 6'1 guy with that type of speed that goes G5. Yeah, you can see a little on the last play there when he does catch it kind of more over the middle. And then it does. He just doesn't. I mean, compared to the other guys we've watched, he keeps doesn't seem to know what to do in the open field quite as much. I mean, it's very subtle, but like you can kind of see it's not as fluid turning the ball upfield. Um, so yeah, good, good point there. Um, let's do Southern Miss because I've got a player I really like. And then I know Matt does. We'll, we'll let him do his last player here. But Ethan Crawford is a guy we've been talking about since last summer. You know, his biggest issue from a scouting perspective and trying to project is five foot ten quarterback, but he's thick, 205. I mean, that's really – I mean, some of these guys are 6'4", 185, and he's 5'10", and 205. I saw him at the Eat Elite 11. He looks every bit – I mean, I believe it. He's over 200 pounds, so he's kind of – um, you know, he's a thick guy. He can run a little bit. And we had him on the show, actually, to talk about some of his uh, metrics from the Elite 11. He's got one of the fastest release times that you will see. And so really fun player headed to a school that, you know, a lot of these schools, like if you're really good, you're going to play pretty quick. because It's not like they have tons of depth. So I just like him. I think he's um, a good, can be a, an effective quarterback at the G5 level. And the height doesn't bother me, at least, you know, on the college fantasy and G5 side. And then Javion Butler uh, could be his – or is going to be his teammate Southern Miss. Matt, tell us about Javion Butler, his wide receiver. Could be a nice Crawford to Butler in the future. Yeah, Butler is about 6'5", 200-plus, you know, maybe 205. And uh, he is very fast for his size, which you're about to see here. We've clocked him at you know just under 22 miles Whoa. per hour, 21.8, which is uh, pretty incredible at his size. It's a pretty rare club there. Um, and, you know, just going to such a great offense for uh, early production. I mean, Tia Kellen, uh, Mims last year was able to produce early as a true freshman. I think they're very willing to get these guys on the field early. And I, you know, I think definitely think he has the skill set to do that as well. Um, he just uh, participated in the uh, Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. They have like a yearly game where the two states' best prospects play against each other. And 
Uh, in my opinion, he looked like the clear best wide receiver there in practices. And there were some other big game name guys in there, like Aiden Williams, the old Miss commit. Uh, and mm-hmm. a few other reporters said he did look the best too. So it's not just me. Uh, he's just a very interesting prospect. I think Southern Miss got a steal here. Southern Miss, man, fun team down the stretch. They are lights out at home. I mean, you do not walk into Hattiesburg. I believe it's Hattiesburg and, uh, you know, get an easy win. I think they're, I, I felt like this, but I, I heard some smart smarter people than me say that like the future of uh, Sunbelt could be Southern Miss. Like they, they're really building something there, um, which is exciting for us too. And then David, I think Elijah Davis, he's kind of your guy, right? Running back headed to Louisiana. Uh, that's your guy, right? All right. I thought, I, thought <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could too. talk him if you want. Yeah, just so I mean, I, I like I don't like to talk that much, uh, or I do like to talk, but I like to, to not when I can. Elijah Davis, another thick guy headed to Louisiana. So yeah, Matt, go for it. Our buddy Carter is actually the one who put me onto him, so he's not even my find technically. But uh, very small school running back, uh, more of the grinder type. But I think we got him at twenty point five miles per hour. Uh, he's just a really good all around runner. He's the type of back I can see being you know very productive in college. Uh, he just has a skill set to play early and uh, you know produce very well, I think. And Louisiana, I mean, they didn't change much with Napier gone. Mm-hmm. They want to run that football forever and uh, rack up points. They didn't really have a standout athlete, I don't think, in the position this year. So, you know, a guy like Davis could certainly come in and get a part of that rotation. Um, all right, and then I think it might be my, my turn to close it out here with um, Braylon Ragland. Quarterback headed to Georgia State. Uh, in my backyard here, they plucked him out of uh, Tennessee. So kind of going uh, to another state outside of the city limits and getting a quarterback here. But I really like him. I think he's very fluid mover and athlete. Like, you know, he, he's got some, um, you know, his production won't wow you in terms of looking at what he did, you know, on max prep. But like you can see here, he's fluid. I think he's maybe a little jittery in the pocket, to be honest. But you can see he's like kind of weirdly you know, moving out to the side there, but you watch enough of his tape and there's the athleticism is absolutely there. Um, and the arm strength looks adequate headed to Georgia state. I think he's a guy that can play and, you know, we're just looking for athletes. And a lot of these guys, I think if they were refined and, you know, all that, then they'd probably be going P five. So, you know, you have to accept that there's going to be wrinkles here, but, uh, I think he's an interesting quarterback prospect for sure. Um, did I miss anybody? I think we got them all. Yeah, I think we so, got them. So that wraps up the G5 series. We did part one, part two. And these are some really exciting players that don't be surprised when you hear their name, even as soon as next year. I mean, that's the other thing with the G5. It's very fun because these guys can come in and like play right away because these depth charts, they get plucked through from the transfer portal. They get plucked through for graduation and they weren't that deep to begin with. So you got a guy with this exceptional skill set. He could play immediately. So it is kind of fun, especially on that college fantasy side. Uh, so file these names away. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure again. Thank you. And I believe we we have a lineup coming up. I think we're going to start our three-star series, which backed by popular demand. Um, it's been called one of the favorite, you know, favorite things of the offseason by a couple of people. We're going to look at favorite three-star quarterbacks, favorite three-star running backs, and wide receivers as well over the next three weeks. So definitely tune in for that. This has been The Official.